0: Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to the Intrepid Now Media Network. I am your host, Todd Schnick. I have a special treat for you today. Uh, a gentleman that you have probably have heard of, and I no doubt believe you are familiar with, uh, with his book, his seminal classic. And there's been plenty of days where I just, you know, we've all had it, where you had... One of those days that you just got an awful lot done you felt good about it. And and what I always found myself doing was going on Twitter and just announcing, hey, great day today. And then I would add the hashtag GTD. Well, that gentleman responsible for getting things done is joining me on the show today. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Grateful for his time. I know how he treasures his time. Say hello to David Allen, the best-selling author of Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. David, welcome to the show. Hi, Todd. Glad to be here. Thanks. Yeah, it's glad to have you. Thanks for again for carving out some valuable time to join us. Uh, um, I know how you like to get things done and spending a half an hour with me uh, is, is treasured. So thanks for that. So David, gosh, I have, uh, I, have I have no doubt that the audience listening to this, uh, this episode here are probably very familiar with you and certainly with your book. But just in case, take a quick second, inform the audience a bit about you and your background. Yeah, well, I spent 30 years plus now, um,
0: researching how you can get the most done with the least amount of effort, and how do you create the most cognitive or psych- or, or psycholo- the most cognitive or psychological or mental space so that you have room to think creatively, to focus on the meaningful stuff, to be loving, to be present, and all that good stuff. So I just figured out and, and over the years, you know cobbled together all the best practices of that into a. Pretty coherent methodology known as GTD now, kind of around the world. And uh, that's what I did. So finally, after 25 years, I figured, hmm, I think I figured out something that nobody else has figured out. I better put it in a book. So I did. That was the origin of getting things done as a book. And um, <clears throat> now it's in its. New 2015 edition.
1: Well, that's principally we're here to talk about is the is the new edition for 2015. So, so why did you have to do that? I mean, why why do this? The book has <clears throat> obviously stood the test of time and has served and helped millions of people, but why why the rewrite?
0: I didn't really have to. Come on, the King James version of the Bible is still still functional, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in a sense, that that nothing has changed in terms of the essence of the methodology. Uh, but it began to be that a lot of new people were picking up the book. A lot of, and they still do. I mean, the the, the first edition still was a bestseller. Uh, but if you read it, you'd say this is kind of dated, just given some of the languaging, some of the expressions, et cetera, some of the focus on it, more toward the corporate fast track professional as opposed to sort of lifestyle. And so, uh, there, our own maturity, my own maturity with the thought process, had 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 moved to the point where I really wanted to, since I'm turning 70 this year, I said, look, I I really want to make this even more evergreen than the first edition. So I literally rewrote the whole book, making sure that somebody picking up today would say, oh, this guy's alive and well and knows what the world is that I'm living in. So that was the main reason
1: well here's the thing i want to i want to pick at a little bit is is there's a lot of people out there that say we've never been busier we've never had a more cluttered life and then with all this new social media and all the noise that comes from all these different new channels of communication on our smartphones and tablets that that the world's never been a busier place and i and, and i don't know that i necessarily agree with that i cuz obviously david i mean you wrote the first book what 15 years ago mm-hmm. and look at the cultural phenomenon and, and, and the and the sea change that it, that it caused because, frankly, 15 years ago, we had, we were saying at that point, we've never been busier. I mean, so this, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with the fact, you know, maybe the world's a little bit different now and there's different modes of communication, but but the human being has always been busy, yeah?
0: Yeah, I, I, and I think both uh, viewpoints are true. So this is one of those, you, you got to move to a, a meta level to sort of right. acknowledge that both of them are really true. The, the, the truth about the yes, it's a busier world means we have more access to more things that are p- creating potentially more change more rapidly in our world in terms of your priorities. Now your grandmother is emailing you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your cousin is FaceTiming you. you, know, you're getting, you know, so the fact is that the world has opened up to a whole lot more sort of instant on um, input and so any one of those, those modalities may produce some content or input that could totally change what your priorities are. And, you know, wow, your grandmother, she's finally got up on email and, and she wrote you something. It's like, oh, my God, you know, this is, I, I now need to spend time writing back to her because she cared to do this. It's like, well, who expected that, right? right. So, you know, when I say, people ask me what's new, I say nothing's new except how frequently it is. So the frequency of newness means the frequency with which you must integrate new information, recalibrate what it means, put it in the context of the inventory of all your previous commitments, and then recalibrate in terms of a new focus and feel okay about that. That's what the GTD methodology is about. That's been true since since DIRT, you know, in terms of anybody who had to manage anything more than just what they could finish in the moment to survive on the savannah. So it, yes, so the methodology has not changed one bit, and everybody who has the opportunity to experience the stress of opportunity, if you're in survival mode, <laughs> it kind of simplifies your life. Right. You know, you don't, you are not worried about your neighbor who put their their four-year-old in a in a in a class for pre-Harvard, you know, and you didn't, you know, put your five-year-old in that class, and now oh my God, what am I gonna do? now that just you know right. that, that 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 wasn't true in in 1893 you know some version of it was for some people but what's changed is probably the volume of the the percentage of the population who now need to deal with that how do i deal with all that potentially meaningful input and make sense out of that inventory that's changed <clears throat> and so yeah there so there's a larger population that needs to know this there's Several things have changed. I mean, I can I can go into what's what's happened, what's new, and and you know uh, what's changed since I wrote the first book. The first edition. Well, the
1: you know. point I'm making is, is is that the five steps is now not the six steps, and you just added a, an element about turn off social media. <laughs> you know, what I mean, so so yeah. I mean the, the the essence of the five steps. In fact, I'd love you to run through those real quick for those that, that have, for whatever reason the the few humans left on the planet that that don't understand the basic methodology. There, can you run through those real sure. quick?
0: Yeah, here's the twenty second. You know, key to life. It's called capture everything that's potentially meaningful. You can't finish in the moment you think of it. Clarify exactly what it means and what you're going to do about it, if anything, in terms of outcomes and actions. Organize the results of that in some appropriate categories so that then stage four, you can step back and then re- reflect on the whole inventory in from a larger and a higher context so that then when you make a choice that you want to have a nap, have a beer, or sit down and write the pro forma for your bank, that that's the thing to do given all your other options.
1: Got it. And where do, from your experience, from your experience and your observations over all these years, where do most people fall short? I mean, is there one stage in those five steps where most that trips most people up, or is is it different for every
0: human being? No, everybody falls short of all five steps. (laughs) So you know, yeah, probably step one is people just don't get stuff out of their head to begin with in terms of just raw data. You know, you tell yourself, "Gee, I need dog food," you don't write it down. And then I don't need dog food pops in your head at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Saying you can't do anything. I'm sorry, you can't do anything about dog food at that point. So you just you know created huge optimalization of your cognitive process. So yeah. So step one, a lot of people don't capture. Even people who capture, then you get list ma- You know, then you get you know list compulsive list makers that have list all over God and creation, but they don't clarify what mom or bank or doctor means on that list. So there are a lot of people who capture stuff that they need to think about, but they don't do the thinking. They haven't decided or clarified exactly you know, what that thing means and what they're going to do about it. And then you've got a whole lot of people, even if they decide, hey, I need to make that call, but they don't park that somewhere that when they're at a phone with discretionary time they look at. So they don't organize it. They don't have a trusted system to place the results of that thinking. And then there are a whole lot of people, even if they sit down and get inspired, go to a seminar or, or read my book or whatever and then take a weekend and get all in organized or whatever, and then they don't look at what they wrote down. <laughs> they go out there still driven by latest and loudest, and so they don't then uh, step back and regularly reflect and review and capture and keep up and keep current the inventory of all of that stuff. And then you have a whole lot of people that just, you know, it, it, stage five is kind of like, well, you either – if any one of the first four stages of capture clarify organize and reflect if the, any of those fall out then stage 5 the, the way you engage will be driven by latest and loudest as opposed to a trusted choice
1: latest and loudest boy it sums up so many people's lives you know i i i, I now that you say that i agree with you that that we all fall short or most of us fall short of those of, of all five of those steps i i really think though and this is where i want to go next david is that I, I, this is really a mental game, right? I mean, I've heard you say that this is all about using your, your mental energies to think about to think about things rather than think of them. And talk about the mindset here. I mean, you, I think, and in that context, I would argue that the clarify and the reflect stage are, are really critical to the five steps because that does require some serious thinking and reflection, and I think that's where most people fall short. Exactly. A lot of people
0: then sort of catch a little bit of this and they make lists or they buy in the new app. By the way, somebody just told me they just did a an, an app uh, search for GTD. They got 753 hits, <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, so basically people go, wow, all I need are lists. Yeah, all you need are lists, pretty much. And you need to capture stuff to begin with. But that's stage one and stage four. But if you miss stage, stage two, which is clarify, and three, organize appropriately, then you just have this, you know, a whole lot of conglomeration of, God, I don't know, I got a whole bunch of stuff, and I don't know where to put it or what to do with it. I've just been given all these tools, and I'm now more overwhelmed than ever. So you're right. It is really an installed thought process. That's why one of the things that's new in the new book, in the new edition of the book, is I unhooked a whole lot of specific references about software. Because, you know, that's not. I don't want to be in that fray. You know, because anything you come up with called, well, here's the best thing and here's what I use right now, that's going to change in a week. So this is, I, I meant this to be evergreen and the evergreenness of this is understanding the methodology. In 2190, when we land on Jupiter, they still need something that serves as an in-basket function. They still need to make next action decisions on potentially meaningful things. They still need to organize the results of that in appropriate places they'll see at the right time. This is timeless stuff. But unfortunately, most people Sort of don't focus on the timeless stuff. They focus on on the what's the new new that'll fix this for me. So they're out in there into the tools, and you know, come on, there's nothing wrong with that. At least that, you know, at least that's a progress forward. At least people are starting to catch. Hey, your brain ain't the place to hold all this. But people are still pretty much using their head for their
1: office, which sucks. <laughs> no doubt about that. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a believer, David, that this proliferation of all these productivity apps—and there's some really interesting ones. I mean, some really neat ones that that are that are designed nicely. And and frankly, I think if if you were to utilize them in the, following the five step methodology, I think they they function. I think the problem is any
0: them, any of them will work. You can make anything work not once a you day, catch the right right. The, once you catch the methodology, yeah.
1: Not a day passes that I don't read some article from Fast Company or whatever that says, "Hey, here's the newest, latest, greatest top ten apps on productivity," and and they're all the same. They all look different. I think it's I think that's actually hurtful. To this cause, David, in my view, because I because I, I, here's what I used to do is I I'm a I'm a big list maker. I'm I'm when you when you write about a list, you know, prolific list maker, you're thinking of me. I mean, um, <laughs> and and I haven't always followed the five steps very, very effectively. But but when I get these new apps, I, I get a new app that I like and I spend a day putting all my action items into this thing. And then I'm all excited, and I say oh, I'm on the road to to wealth and and fame and all that. But then the next day, another cool app comes, and I'll, I like that one better. And I spend a day moving all my action items to this new app. And I, I worry that that's that's a, a probably a very common common problem. When in fact I have. Rev- I have result I have uh, I'm now using a post-it note strategy with my lists and and I can move them around and prioritize them that's the result of clarifying and reflecting a bit and helps them organize this a little bit and and also it, it enables me to, to really focus on on what I believe is a very a very important strategy which identify the most important thing you got to get done that day and get it done. And if you do nothing else, well, you still have had a productive day, in my view. What, what are your thoughts on all that? Absolutely. You know,
0: the first book was kind of a diatribe against the daily to do list because people overstructured. They weren't complete anyway. They weren't clear in terms of what was on them. Life changed too much, too fast, and people felt guilty. And so then they didn't do anything. So, you know, my, my initial context, which essentially is still true. Which is, you need a total life to do list, plan as little as you can get by with, and be ready to make instant moment to moment choices based upon your maturity with the thinking about the horizons you're committed to. So, in a sense, that hasn't changed. But to your point, you know, I've got serious GTDers out there that have put all their stuff into the, you know, the classiest, coolest digital world. And the night before the next day, they just sit down and glance through all that and take out a three by five card and write there, hey, if I got any time tomorrow, here are the three things I'm going to get done. Works great.